What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back to another episode of All Things Events and All Things Behind the Scenes with your girl, Nina Payne. Thank you so much for joining us. This show is, like I said, about all things events. We talk about what happens before the event, during the event, after the event. We talk to dynamic professionals in the field that manage all the details. And then we talk about how to navigate the business of doing events. And so all of that happens here. So thanks again for being here. Today, I'm excited about our special guest. We met socially around town, and she's the sister and marketing expert behind the amazing soul artist, Dwelle. Uh, we worked together on a few events, actually. And then the next thing I know, she started a nonprofit in Ghana, Africa. She made the brave move not too long after that, and now she calls Africa her home. She's the city lead for So Far Sounds in Detroit. She started a similar program in Africa as well. She is the founder and president of Mentor Her in Ghana. She is the festival director of Martha Vineyard's African American Film Festival. She started several other companies that we'll talk about. I don't know how she does it. Please enjoy this special conversation with Kendra Parker. Kendra! Hello! How are you, lady? I am wonderful. I'm excellent. How are you? I'm awesome. And I'm just I'm just glowing because, you know, we're connecting in this way. And I get a chance to kind of like, for those who don't know you, introduce you. And for those who do know you, reconnect with the amazing person that you are. So I'm excited that you're here. Um, I could coming. not be happier. So first of all, we have to explain what's going on and um, where you are. So just give a brief introduction and tell people where you're actually broadcasting from. So I am currently in Accra, Ghana. Um, I relocated here January 1st. So I kind of, I kind of, um, I call it bicontinental because <laughs> I still have my house in Detroit. <laughs> I mean, sounds expensive, but okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's um, I still have projects going on, you know, back in the States, but um, I'm rooted here for now. That's what's up. That's what's up. And so, so what are you currently working on? Like, what are you currently doing right now? <laughs> so, um, you know, as you, you said, I am the festival director for the Martha's Vineyard African-American Film Festival. Um, I did that last year. I so I'm doing that. So we, we start planning pretty much like right now. So that's getting kicked off. But I also have a nonprofit called Mentor Her Ghana. It's a mentoring program for teenage girls in Ghana and rural parts of Ghana. I've been doing that since 2019. So another reason that I came here was to be closer to my girls and to really, you know, get the organization funded and to just focus a little more on my, my team here. And also, I am still the city lead for So Far Sounds Detroit, um, which is a series a company we do secret pop-up concerts in Detroit. So I'm still putting all of the concerts together with the venues and the artists and everything from here. And I'm actually flying back to Detroit next week to do um, our big Valentine's Day concert. So, yeah. I, you know... <laughs> And here's the thing that people don't realize. Um, I think people like you and people that I'm hoping to interview um, on the show, they're just doing so many things, you know, and it's part of your life. This is part of who you are. You like it's, to, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so like um, 
being multifaceted and doing all these things at one time, do you consider it difficult, challenging? Is it part of your DNA? Do it, I mean, are you adding more things? Like, what does that look like? I think it's very much part of my DNA because it, it feels natural. And then I, I really don't notice kind of how crazy it is until other people say things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that might be weird. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, and I, I'm actually another thing I'm working on is I have a farm here in Ghana. So oh, I'm, of course you do. Of course you I'm, do. <laughs> Right, but it's kind of a starter farm, so I'm learning that because I am really inter, um, inter, interested in the agriculture here because it's a booming market. Um, so I, you know, I'm like, so on the weekends, I'll either go up to Kwewu, where my uh, oh, Kwewu, they'll kill me if I say it wrong, okay. um, where my girls are, or I'll you know, go to another region where the farm is. So, my it's goodness. Like, <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Okay. So we, 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 we discussed, or at least you talked about, I know that's probably not all that you do, but we've talked about those four things. We did talk about, I know there's a, a juice company coming or something that you talked about. Is mm -hmm. that, that, which is part of why I'm learning the, you know, the agriculture climate, um, because I eventually do wanted to do a juice company and, um, uh, you know, found a manufacturing production plant here in Ghana. Of course. Of course she does. Of course she does. <laughs> She's a beast. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I think there's a journey, right? Let's talk about kind of um, where you started and how you got interested in, um, let's talk about entrepreneurship first. Like just, you know, owning okay. companies or a nonprofit. Like how do you get from, I'm a young girl and, you know, I'm going to school and yada boom. And how do I get to now I am doing these four or five major things. I live in another country. Like, how does it start? Um, well, I think my first kind of, you know, pseudo entrepreneurship when I, you know, I made up cards. I didn't really have a company, but I made up cards with like, you know, a fictional name and handed it out to people <laughs> because I was doing work for people that I wanted to get paid for. You know, I, I think I was like 19 and I, I didn't, you know, necessarily know to go, you know, like file a company and do the whole, you know, articles and corporation, but I knew that I could do work and people would pay me for it. So mm. As far as like, you know, um, cause I, you know, I was, I was with that Detroit hip hop crew. What up though? So <laughs> I did, you know, press releases and um, press kits and things like that. So um, record release parties, things like that. I think I really realized it was an actual thing that I needed to incorporate as a business when uh, my brother got signed uh, to Virgin Records in uh, 2003. And I had already been doing things, you know, locally for people. So I just called up Virgin Records. I called his um, his PR person and I said, you know, can I help? Like, what can I do? And I, at the time I was studying PR um, at Wayne State. So I said, you hmm. know, I'm a PR student. I know I can do something. Give me work. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, we, um, we, we have to stop there because I think what was missing is that something in you said, I... I, when I call this person, I'm going to tell them, you know what I mean? Like, what was it that yeah. said, I had, I, I trust myself or I'm confident enough or I want this badly enough. Like, what was it that made you make that call? Because 
you know, so many people don't make the call. Right. Like, what was I it? Think, I, I think because the job was, if I'm thinking of, you know, my brother and Virgin, the job was to tell people about this new album that he has, right? Like tell people he's coming out. I was already doing that. I was mm. um, a part of this group called OK Player. And, you know, we had people all over the world. It was it was like, OK Player was actually the first social media, um, like before Facebook and everything. So I was already like, you know, Doyle is the greatest. Have you heard this song? You know, so I knew that I could, you know, just turn it into more of a professional, you know, strategy and, and do it. So it was, I, and I, I think maybe that really helped that he was my brother because I was really passionate about it. Like, I, and so I who's your brother again? You want to go ahead and introduce what we're talking about? Oh, well, Dwele. He's <laughs> R&B singer, <laughs> uh, formerly signed a version. He's now indie. And, um, and also, I was on that first album. You remember that? I'm the Lady at Mahogany. Oh, so, right. So I had a little bit of, you know, vested interest. Wow. <laughs> that that's right. well. <laughs> okay. 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 So, so, so where does your confidence come from? Because to me, in order for you to, um, to, to know that you can make that call, to know that you were already involved in doing the work, but it still took some. Mm, to say, yeah. Virgin Records, hey, dude, what are you doing? I need to be able to do this work. Where do you think that confidence comes from? I'm sure, absolutely, 100% sure, it comes from my parents. Um, mm -hmm. My mom was very, she had this thing. Um, if I said the word can't, like, I, the can't was like a bad word in our house. Like, I could not say the word can't. If I said the word can't, she made me say my full name and say, I can do anything I want. I, I can do anything I want to do. I mean, literally every time I said the word can't, like I, we had that in our house until the day she passed away, I could not say the word can't. And I was 30 something. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's what's up. So it's really not in my vocabulary. Um, and she gave me a lot of exposure. Like I started traveling with her when we, I was 12. We went to um, French Riviera when I was 15. We went to London, mm. uh, Paris, you know, we, Montreal, Quebec, we traveled a lot. So I think I was always, everything is always possible in my head. Like I didn't really see any barriers to anything. So that's how you're able to just um, have the confidence to move to a different country. You were already introduced to that very early on. <laughs> Shout out to mom. Shout yeah. out. Like, you know, being yeah. able to equip you with those type of tools, right, yeah. to be able to, to enhance and to build your confidence and be able to move like you do. That, that makes so much more sense to me now. <laughs> okay, so like, so, so, so tell them more. You went to Birch Records PR, and then what happens? Yeah, they said, sure, kid. And they sent me all of his promo material. There's still stuff in my garage today. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I start. I got to work. I started mailing things out, uh, doing a lot of social media. And remember, this was early on. This was 2003. So, you know, and I just happened to be an early adapter to social media. So I was able to do that work. Um, and, you know, finally, it's funny because I think I worked for about a good six months. And then I was like, yeah. <laughs> like where's the check ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and then that's what brought on the entrepreneurship part of it because mm. I was like I probably should be able to buy a pair of shoes at this point right um, right <laughs> right and yeah that's what kind of kicked it off for me so 
which is a whole nother lesson in itself, right? We've been told in entrepreneurship, if you're doing something you're passionate about, you would do it for free, that that's mm-hmm. something that you can build a company off of. Mm-hmm. And so is that something that you agree with? You lived it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You lived it. So, so were you, were you, did you do the nine to five thing? Were you, um, talk about your transition between like working as an entrepreneur, then corporate, then back. Like, what was that yeah. like, like where now you're like full in it? So I was, I ironically, not ironically, whatever. I've been working in corporate since I was 17, um, mm. <laughs> which is, you know, very young, but I used to go, I worked at AAA um, and, you know, I used to go in there, my business suits on and, do real work and <laughs> so I did that all through you know through school um and then I went away to school I went to uh, Berkeley College of Music in Boston mm. and I worked through school there and then I when I came back I finished at Wayne State um with a PR degree and I worked back at AAA all corporate there so I've, I kind of always had to do everything I wanted to do in addition to the nine to five. It always was a, you know, 50-50 type of thing until I was working, um, I was back in Detroit. I was working at a venture capitalist firm as like the marketing, um, you know, associate. And something in me was just like, start your own company, quit and start your own company. And I was like, but, but, and I, I did it. I just was like, hey guys, I'm not coming back. You know, it's been real. And <laughs> see what, what I know of what I know that I know that I know is that courage to make that decision and, mm-hmm. you know, be able to say, okay, I'm going to start my own company and I'm not going to be back. How did, how do you get there? Like, what was I think that? It was, it was like a nagging. It was like a, I couldn't ignore it. It was, hmm. and people were calling me for stuff, right? People were, can you do a press gig? Can you, can you come to me to Toronto to do blah, blah, blah? Can you, and I was saying no to so many things that I wanted to do. Hmm. And I think at that point I was like, I can't keep not, you know, doing what I want to do. And there's money that comes with it. You know, it would be <laughs> Hallelujah. Right? You know, but it'd be different if it was offered free, but these people were trying to pay me. And I was like, oh, I can't. I have to, you know. (laughs) Go to (laughs) AAA. Yeah, you know, and I was like, yeah, no. So it's really, I couldn't not do it. And so your first company was called? Um, My first company was Larimar Entertainment. Mm. Um, It's still going on today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But that was, I was doing, that was my artist management, um, artist relations. I was doing artist uh, creative direction, um, PR marketing, but it was all centered mostly around music industry. So that is a very good segue because talking about entertainment management is part of who we're talking to and shedding light on the, the the stuff that happens behind the scenes that people have no idea. Um, so in your artist management days or artist promotion days, can you share a story of, um, and we all have them. Look, I'm like, like I, I'm going to just put a disclaimer on that. Uh, <laughs> any story that you could share that people okay. would enjoy behind the scenes that wouldn't expose anything. You know, that's not that we're, we're not that type of show. We're not trying to expose okay. and, and drama, but I want people to understand how, all the things that have to happen. And us as artist management folks, 
and what we have to do in order to make sure that that artist hits that stage or what we have to do to make sure the artist is comfortable or all those types of things. So anything in that area that you can share? First of all, some of the artists that you work with and then tell us about something that is funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, 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 do, I'll do a hodgepodge, right? Because there's a million examples of things. Um, yeah. I, you know, I have worked with a lot of indie artists, probably no one that anyone has really heard of. Um, mm-hmm. and, and some you may have, but we won't mention their names. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, everything from, you know, I had an artist one time that had a full on nervous breakdown, like 20 minutes before the show. Oh my. I, nobody could find them. I figure out where they might be. They're like balled up in fetal position crying. And I have to woo, 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 yes, get you, you on this stage. Mm-hmm. So um, there's another, you know, one had a wardrobe malfunction. I had a particular dress on that I had to basically disassemble. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Been there. Turns, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's, and then, you know, other things, sometimes it's not your artist. Sometimes you're fighting the venue for oh. your artist. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to get way more gully than, well, than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I had to be like, okay, what would so-and-so do? Like, yep. um, but so yeah. T- I think- so tell us about that because. I think as a woman in this industry, in the entertainment industry specifically, there's kind of a, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say stigma. There's, there's, just, there's just a thing about women yeah. and in an entertainment or male-dominated space. And so I had to deal with being behind the scenes in production and that sort of thing. I was the boss. So when I walked in and there's 50-something people I need to manage to get this show up and running, oftentimes I would run into, um, you know, older white gentlemen or who or who had been in the industry for 59 years and they didn't know how to, you know, it was, they were being very dismissive or, yes. you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, I had to like, you know, put my push-up bra on or grab my whatever. And we're going to, we got to get to the bottom of what we're going to do. Cause both of us are going to benefit by putting this artist up on stage. And so I would have to confront and more often than I would like to, and make sure that everybody knows there without, um, and there's a balance of not doing that where you pissing everybody off, but doing right. that enough where you can get the show up and your artist is going to win. And so Absolutely. do you have any, um, did that happen to you? Did you deal with that in the in no. entertainment? Well, I can't say, did you do it? I know you have. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Share, share absolutely. something about that. Um, I think, and like I said, it's, it happens so frequently. I'll say that, you know, sometimes I, you know, I'm smiley. I look, I'm, I am friendly. I'm, I'm nice, but I'm also professional. I have a really, you know, like deep business acumen. So if something is not going right, I'm not going to smile through it. I'm not going to let it go. So I think, um, you know, some people that underestimate, underestimate you really don't expect you to kind of, you know, come from, from left field with, 
you have to, you, you know, like you said, the show must go on. It has to be done right. Um, my artist has to be paid or whatever the situation is. So um, definitely gotten some of those, you know, oh, we'll, you know, we'll pay you later or we'll send this. Mm. And it's like, no, we're going to do this right now or this isn't <laughs> going to happen. I don't know what to tell you. Um, right. And then there's, you know, I've, you know, you get men that hit on you and want to distract you. And it's like, I'm not here for that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe you can take me to dinner next week, but for right. right now I have something to do. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, and sometimes I, I've come up against, you know, really super like chauvinist to where I might play the game just mm -hmm. to get through whatever the night, just to get through what we need to do. And then when it's all over, I'll come back and say, you know, that was completely inappropriate or, you know, I'll go over their head or whatever. But, um, you know, it's it's a very it's a fine line, right? Yeah, you, yeah. Like you said you have to get it done, but I I'm not ashamed to say it. Sometimes I bat my eyes to you know <laughs> get past. <laughs> It's true. It's true. That's why I said put up, put my push up bra on because it depends on who exactly. I'm talking to and whether or not and, and how I'm going to be able to get through it. Do I need to like do we go toe to toe? We need to go. You, we go on air or do. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah. Could you pick that up for me? Like it, whatever we need to do at the end of the day, I need to get this artist on stage. That's you know right. what I mean? That's my job. And you're in the That's way. So I'm going around you, over you, through you, under you, whatever. But we're going to get this yeah. artist on stage. And so I have to be girly. <laughs> I may do that or I have to talk over you I may do that whatever so Absolutely. that thing I think in all of us women who are behind the scenes have that thing you know what I mean yeah. who are successful in what we do whatever we're calling that confidence um work ethic professionalism um we have commonalities in the space in order because we know without a shadow of a doubt we have to get this done we have exactly. to get it done and you're in my it's way not an <laughs> you're in my way so Going around you over, I got, and I think developing that over time helps a couple of different areas. You in entrepreneurship, you when you had to do all of that, like so. How do you or what skills do you think you gathered from that that kind of like you use now or like you continue to use um, in your in the nonprofits and all the other things that you're doing? Mm -hmm. I I think the the biggest skill is grace, right? Like that mm. is the bottom line. Is you have to know how to glide through things you have to be able to ebb and flow it's 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 grace um and you know that gets developed and fine-tuned over time so yeah grace you know confidence of course um and i think once you do something once mm -hmm. and you see that you can do it mm -hmm. it's it's a lot easier to you know to do it and That's evolve right. huh. yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember in the very beginning of managing bands, I had to go into the promoter's office at a club and get money for the band. The band wasn't very good, but it, my job was to get the money. And there were so many things I had to do differently to get that, get him to pay, you know. And at one point I hired a bodyguard and I told a bodyguard to go get it, go get it. Because that's what the type of CD places we were in. And it just became too dangerous for me to go into these rooms with these promoters and get this money. So, you know, you told me that story, however many tens of years ago. years ago. <laughs> and I actually learned from that and I started doing that. I did, I did you? that because yeah, I remember it was a it was a CD place and I was like, okay, Nina said she had to get a bodyguard. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, I mean, I like, he wasn't a bodyguard, but he it was a it was somebody that acted as because I remembered that story and I was really uncomfortable and I was like, I'm not about to go in there stuttering, you know? <laughs> 
and it, anything could happen. You know, we yeah. have to, you know, as, as equal as I think I am, there are just some situations where uh, it would just be better if, if he'll receive this better from a man. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And even and as it comes out my mouth, like, I don't want people to get misconstrued. Yeah. Like, I, you know, but we are um, um, under attack. You know, and, and these little promoter offices, have you ever seen Janky Promoters? These, these promoter offices can be in the back bottom stairs of some CD club and it's you and him in a closed door. And so it was just, you know, safer to have somebody else do it. So I, I remember that story and That's I, I so followed funny. suit. That is hilarious, Kendra. I didn't <laughs> I'll, I'll be listening. Girl. Okay, so we're going to switch up, switch up a little bit. So being a boss, and you're a boss in a variety of different areas. Um, right now, it's like super trendy to be a boss. You badass boss, bitch, blah, blah, blah. And it's trendy <laughs> to have a business. And, you know, I'm starting a business. I'm, I'm renting out this car and this Airbnb. And I'm taking all these pictures and doing the thing. Um, and so, and what I find, what I have found, even in the past few years, I get the call after the person calls that person because they have great pictures and they have, you know, they look fantastic and they got the hair and then they get hired and they screw up. And then I get the call that said, Hey, I use this girl on Instagram. And she, you know, said she had this resume long as I don't know what I said, you check references. Did you do anything? And then I'm, I'm cleaning up the mess. And yeah. so what do you, what can you can say to like aspiring entrepreneurs or people who see that stuff online and they, they think that it's that, right. They think it might be the, you know, the glam and the thing. And it could be that. I'm just saying, um, what can you say to that, that um, to aspiring entrepreneurs on how to get started and how to be authentic in their business? Yeah. One thing I'll say that might answer this, one thing about me, I, I'm a workaholic. I know I am. Um, and I... I get caught up in what I'm doing. So when I'm on a job uh, with an artist, whatever, I'm usually not cute at all. I'm usually, <laughs> I have broken nails. I, you know, am sweating. I'm probably dirty because I've been looking <laughs> at boxes. Like, it's not about, you know, looking like anything when you're working. So I think that... Um, Oh, Nina, you've seen me at what six o'clock in the morning, looking like. Yeah, we've seen each other. Yes, yes, right. Yes, you know, yes. so I think that you know the pictures are cute, and you know, getting a logo that's that's real cute. But it's work. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of um. It's it's very humbling. You do you have to humble yourself. You can't be a narcissist. And, and the type of work that we do, right? Like you can't, when I'm, especially, um, I'll use the festival, the film festival, it's all encompassing. I am I, sun up to sundown. I mean, pretty much from like, you know, 6, 7 a.m. to 1, 2 in the morning, I am like huffing, you yeah. know? So I can't, you know, and, and the film festival, that's like, it was all types of, the Obamas were there and, you know, Tyler Perry and Viola Davis and this and that. And I think I said to myself, I'm going to take two days to dress up. The rest of the time, like, <laughs> <laughs> luckily I, I dressed up on the day Viola was there, so I got a picture. But, you know, on the right. day that Morris Chestnut was there, I was looking like, you know, <laughs> so... It's not, it's not glamorous. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think um and you know we just right, but you have to build that time in. Like I specifically said I'm dressing up for, you know, I think it was like Friday, Tuesday, and Thursday because either I knew somebody was gonna be there or something special was happening, but it was strategic that I had that dress on. Right, right. You had to think about it. I had to think about it real hard <laughs> and plan. And so, <laughs> I think I, so what are the, what are some of the, the dangerous um things that it, that you think that are happening online when people um you know new people trying to be an entrepreneur and they they what we do we google everything or we look at instagram and we look at the the folks doing the things what do you think some of the dangers in that could be i just think you know people are so creative nowadays um mm-hmm. you'll put <laughs> creative in quotes <laughs> creative <laughs> i mean creative with their own imagination as, as like, you know, you they'll say, oh, I did this and I did that and I was that, that, that. And you find out like they were really like an extra in the movie and, you know, that scene didn't even make it. Let's just and, call it what it is. People be lying. They I mean, be lying. You know, you know there's other words for creative. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, like you said, you looking at people on on online anybody can put together the persona that they want you to see Mm -hmm. so it's really kind of dangerous to go off of off of site um not knowing anybody's reputation because sometimes and that's i'm you know this is a new space also um being working internationally there's so many people you know coming back and forth to ghana and some have great reputations and some have bad reputations well everybody's reaching out to you so you don't know who's who unless you do your research mm. so um and then you ask people and you, you you know you talk to people like do you ever work with so-and-so well who yes. is this yeah so you you really have to be careful with who you find online and um their reputation i love that i think you know being able to be able to have a reputation right so if you ask mm-hmm. questions about somebody um that you trust mm-hmm. you know what i mean they may have the best pictures online or they may have the worst pictures online when you mm-hmm. can actually talk to somebody like you know kendra barker we right. got a project coming up what you think you know what i mean exactly. of somebody that you trust yeah. um it goes a long way and that's why it's yeah. so important reputation and work ethic and and not burning any bridges um when you're when you're working on all of these projects right because the world is small it's way smaller than we think and then when you're in yes. niches like we were in People know people that know people, and you could ruin everything, which is a Absolutely. good transition in. Um, so some of the things that, that I've learned, like being tour manager, for instance, some of the things that um, happen on tour buses or happen with your artists um, that um, when I was doing tour management, that was something you would never, ever, ever, ever share with people. You would share your, your media circle, but it's not something you would post online or anything right. like that. So what do you think some of the differences are like today's entertainment oh, folks than sure. kind of, that are different? So, you know, we didn't have cameras back then. So. <laughs> right. One saying there wasn't any foolishness going on. You just didn't record it. Right. Right. We didn't have uh, Twitter and Facebook to, to write statuses about what was going on in those tour buses. <laughs> And, you know, you would get blackballed. Like, if you started, like, oh, talking gosh. too much and saying stuff about certain people and stuff like that, 
because you got those types of gigs based on your reputation and who, who vouched for you because it's an internet, intranet of folks. And so if you start bad-mouthing the wrong producer or the wrong, you know, artist or you was telling something about something, you it, you could you could be destroyed where it seems like now it's just a little bit different, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, now we, yeah, it's too much, uh, too many ways to disseminate information now. <laughs> <laughs> There, there are, and I, and I, and I think about that. Like, if it had been more prominent, um, you know, we'd be in a different age. But I think some of those things that we learned, um, I try to teach, you know, those who are coming up, because there's something to, you know, integrity and you know, morality and some of that stuff. Yeah, what, and I think, I think this this age of social media too has taken away a lot of the. Because I feel like, like you said, sometimes these things happen. We didn't even want to go tell everybody. No. You know, we no. we would just be like, woo. And like you said, we had an immediate circle that understood, you know, mm-hmm. the industry but they, and us. But they're not telling anybody, you know. Right. So yeah. we, I think now with this culture and social media and kind of the, I want to be the first to say something, it's changed where they feel like they need to just, you know, throw up information. And it's yeah. like, when you're, especially in the entertainment industry, you have to figure out a way to, to hone that and bring it back in because there's a lot of stuff. Not saying that you know, keeping secrets is like good, but <laughs> there's just a lot of things that just should not be shared. That's just yeah. you know, because a lot of entertainment is about brands, right? Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. and, and these people work hard to build their brand, so you have to. It has to be somebody to protect it. So um, if you want to get far in this industry, you need to keep that in mind. Yeah, I think it's also to like what the goal of that artist was and, and that sort of stuff. And so like an artist like R. Kelly and the things that happened were illegal. We're just going to mm-hmm. put that. And so as if I was his tour manager, um, I would have shouted from the mountains. But right. um, that's just a little sidebar. Uh, for me, um, but there are certain things about certain char- characteristics of artists that you keep to the chest, um, exactly. but not anything illegal. So let's, no, just, no, no. Yeah, yeah. let's just make that Nothing very clear. dangerous. Nothing dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to put people in danger. Like there's all of that type of stuff. But there's so much other things. There's so many other things that we could talk about in that in that vein. So let's move on to um, mental health. And so, so I know that um, oftentimes when you're in the state of doing the event, you're going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And then all of a sudden the event is over and there's this drop. I've talked to a lot of uh, people in the event industry where they're, you know, the especially festival and festival owners, event owners that have, they do the event once a year. And then there's this like dark thing, right? Because nothing is happening for just a period of time. You get like this yeah. drop off. Do you feel that? Have you ever went through anything like that after doing an event? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and just recently, the, the festival, like you said, um, you know, it's it's so funny because my team, um, so the festival hired me to, I was a festival director, but I also bought, brought on three people through my company or two people through my company. So it was three of us all together. And um, we were, the the festival team in general, we were a really tight-knit team. We had to be. But, yeah, after the festival, we would all just, like, call each other and just, like, (laughs) sit on the phone. (laughs) Like, what you doing? (laughs) 
because uh, uh, it's so intense, right? For like nine months, you're like yeah. intense, 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 meetings, 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 talk, 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 and then all of a sudden, nothing. Nothing. So after the festival, you know, because we were on Martha's Vineyard and I used to live there, so I'm really familiar with the island, I took a week off. Well, I thought I was taking a week off. I ended up still working. Um, mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but it was, you know, a week on the island that I just kind of was trying to decompress from what just happened. And um, even in that, it was just so weird. It was just the weird. And, um, one of my uh, team members stayed with me and it was just, she's also one of my best friends, but it was just the weirdest feeling. And we just mm -hmm. kept looking at each other. Like, <laughs> is it really over? Is it right? Like, what do we do now? Like, what should we <laughs> Right, right, right. You're this yeah. space. Are there some things that you do kind of to protect your mental health or um, um, in this space? What are you doing? What are your self-care routines, Miss Kendra? You know what? I probably should have more things. Um, mm. I I treat myself right. So mm. I, if it if, whatever that means, right? If it's an ice cream bar, if it's you know I got an extra thirty minutes, I'm going to you know get a, a shoulder massage. I, I I find little ways to treat myself, um, and I I try to use the environment that I'm in. So every city is special, um, you know every. If I'm in New Orleans, I'll go get my, you know, Cafe Du Monde. Like if I'm in, you know, it's little stuff like that. So that's how I, because I'm like, I deserve, I deserve. <laughs> All this freaking work we're doing. <laughs> I deserve that ice cream cone, Cafe yes. Du Monde, with my pinky up. And eating, you know. Massage for 15 minutes in the mall. <laughs> So uh, well, well, that's good, because I think a lot of times, too, because we tend to be workaholics in this space, because there's just the deadline is the deadline and you you just you work to get it done. And so mm -hmm. oftentimes I think we forget to take care of ourselves. Right. We Absolutely. forget that we just worked 24 hours. We've been up all night. You know, there's oftentimes where you have to be up all night for various reasons. I think just the nature of the beast to mm -hmm. get it up. Mm -hmm. so that you experience an amazing experience when you sit in the chair. So that's, that's really right. what that's about, right? And so we have to just make sure that we are doing the things that we want to do to make ourselves feel better, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, luckily um, in, in doing events, and I've, you know, worked nationally from, from West Coast to East Coast, uh, I always try to use wherever I am to you know, be a little adventurous or just, you know, treat myself to whatever. If I'm in, you know, Kentucky, I get, you know, a mint julep. If I, <laughs> I, I kind of put it like that, you know, okay. and I hate that this is all food. I'm really not. I'm like, wait, <laughs> It's other stuff too. I just can't think of it right. Now. Well, you said massage. 15, yes, uh, that's, that's the You know, that's again, cool. I'll go get a, a, a. I usually don't have time for mani pedi, but sometimes, you know, if I have an hour, I will get my nails done. I'll, you know, just throw little stuff in. So, so that leads me to ask: How do you manage, like, time management? Do you have a tool that you use? Are you a writer in a journal type of person? Do you pull your calendars and Google? Like, what do you do to manage your time? That is a good question. 
Maybe you can tell me. Oh, but um, it wasn't on the, the series of questions that I sent you. I, you know, I'm, and I hate to say this, but I'm really ruled by my Google Calendar. Um, yeah. I'm, because there's so much going on, I, I just have to make sure everything is in one place so I can be like, okay. You know, because like on top of that, I'm also a social person. I love, you know, hanging out with my friends, mm -hmm. concerts and, you know, stuff like that. So I have to know exactly what's going on, when, where, where I'm, I'm expected to be, how much time I have in between things. So, um, yeah, I probably should use another tool. Like I probably <laughs> should, yeah, figure this out. But, I mean, I'm, um, all, I'm all for if it's working, you know. Yeah. Um, if it's working for you, if you find that there are things that are not working about it and you want to enhance it, then do that. But I'm always like, if it's working, don't, you know, don't have to break yeah. it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Between Google Calendar and my my phone alarm, we good. That's it. And, <laughs> and, 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 and strange enough, I also use it. I have lots of calendars. So I merge all my calendars calendars together because if I don't yes. something's going right. to get missed and that includes personal stuff and so mm -hmm. I think my my daughter's friends are like what do you mean you had to schedule lunch with your mom and it had to be on her calendar because if it's not we're not yeah. going to lunch that's just how it is there's just so yeah. many things that I'm managing at the same time and so time is of the essence and so I, I think we're good if we're using Google Calendar I use Google Calendar I write my notes and I use Google Keep so it's also yeah. so if I'm writing and sitting in a meeting I'll use Google Keep and then I import that into my um, task yeah. list and calendar I'm actually having a little transitional moment now that I'm here in Ghana because I'm five hours ahead of EST. Oh, girl, so I don't even know how you're doing that. Are a little wonky. And then it's funny. So, how about this? So, my calendar, my, I'm, I'm five, five hours ahead on, on our GMT. Um, my staff is on Eastern EST. The festival, our, um, my bosses, they're on Mountain. Right. Oh. And then my other team members that I'm working with, they are uh, Pacific. So okay. I'm wow. working in four different time zones. So I have that world clock on my phone and I'm just like, okay, can I call someone? So what time is it? Oh, 4 a.m.? No. Okay. Like, <laughs> oh my God. That yeah, is a lot. I didn't even think yeah. about that, Kendra. That is, that's a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. And then, when we schedule, I have to keep in mind when I'm scheduling things, because if I have people in different time zones, mm -hmm. I'll, you know, and then it's funny because once the states goes back to daylight savings, then I'll be four hours. So <laughs> all of that five hour training I did. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think yeah. about that. That's so true. Yeah. I get I get all topsy turvy when I go to Pacific and got to manage my meetings in Eastern. So I. You know, oh, all yeah. of that type of stuff where I'm in mountain. Like, I get that, but I don't think about it from an uh, international space because I've never lived overseas. In, in <laughs> so that's a lot. So you definitely need some a tool to help you keep on top of yeah. things. You yeah. Know, per time. Zone. And then when you fly back to the United States, you still have to think about things in Ghana in, in exactly. that time. Right. Ooh, yeah. ooh child. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, um, um, who let's talk about giving some advice so like if somebody saw you Kendra on here and saw oh my gosh she's doing all these amazing things I really want to like connect with her do some of the things that she's doing like what advice can you give somebody who's who wants to be you entrepreneur owns a nonprofit, moved internationally which is a whole different we can have a whole conversation just on that alone <laughs> uh, what kind of advice would you give 
to people. I think it's really important important to to just get different perspectives and get different, um, you know, not only points of views, but but advice, because I've asked, you know, the same question to five different people and I can get five different answers and take a little bit from from each. So um, I think it's really important to tell people what you're doing. That's how I've gotten, honestly, the furthest um, Mm. in in my career. I say either what I want to do or what I am doing and somebody says, oh, well, you know, come do this or let me introduce you to this person. So I think it's really important that you can articulate what you're doing, what you want to do and, you know, talk to people. Mm, I love that. I mean, because you just the power of the tongue, right? And exactly. putting it out in the universe and allowing the universe to respond to that. And I think, I think, it, I think we've all kind of benefited from that if you can do that, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and so let's move into relationships because I know we are winding up our time here, but I just have to have this conversation because, you know, women bosses doing all the things. I think relationships in general can be difficult, but I'm curious to find out about you. You have a famous brother. You are in your immediate family, so that's a different dynamic. How do you date as a boss woman traveling internationally? Like, what are some of the relationship advice you would give to someone who is in your shoes? I think, and and so I'll speak from, like you said, my shoes. Um, It's really important, important to get to know people. Um, to be very clear about um, uh, people's intentions because I have come across people that, you know, wanted to date me to get tickets to my brother's concerts. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, people have dated me so I can, you know, do their marketing plan. Um, I listen. It, and then I've, I've dated some people that, you know, told me that, you know, they feel like, you know, I emasculate them because I got a promotion. And I'm like, what do they got to do with you? Mm. But OK. Um, so I think it's really for me, it's important, important to to really get to know the person before I even consider us dating. Like because people can flip on you real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you know, I've, you know, I've had some, some uh, run-ins, you know, I'm I'm divorced (laughs) to, um, from an entertainer and that was interesting, but, you know, it was the type of thing where I really, you know, I knew that I was going to be going a completely different direction than, you know, that person was going. Um, you know, been engaged a couple of times, girl. Um, <laughs> but it, it's it's important to know why people are are seeking you out, and you know, make making sure that they really want to get to know the genuine you that yeah. doesn't necessarily have anything to offer them um, mm-hmm. up front. So, so do you, as a owner of a company? boss, woman, babe, whatever you want to call it. Um, do you, when you're seeking dating, are you an online dater? Are you a referral dater? Are you a uh, come get me at the bar kind of dater? Like, what do you, what's your dating style? 
So first of all, I don't have time to go to the bar. <laughs> I probably should make time, right? Um, you know what? I ask my friends for referrals. Nobody is ever like throwing anybody my way. All my guy friends are like, no, no, they're not good enough for you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what does that mean? So yeah, I would love for somebody to refer somebody. That oh, sounds be- like she's on the market. Everybody, Kendra Parker, <laughs> telephone number. <laughs> she's on the market, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, look, uh, festival director. She'll be in DC for the festival. <laughs> look her up. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you know, um, I've tried online. It's it's always been interesting. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm really not. I don't think I'm up for online anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't have the energy. It's not for everybody. It is not for everybody. You know, but my best friend, my best friend married her Tinder date. And Literally. yeah, they're they're a beautiful, amazing couple. But um, yeah, I seem to get the weirdos. So. That is interesting. <laughs> I, I, I too am divorced. And um, after d- divorcing, I, did, I had no idea what the rules were like when you I was right. with him for 16 years and you come out of that and you're like okay not do do I ask people like well, what what are yeah. the rules like I didn't know the rules and I'm a rules kind of like straight like give me the structure and I can navigate and so I got online and I was doing the online dating for a bit and what it did for me was it helped me figure out what I wanted and what I didn't want like mm. I knew that this relationship I had previously had in my divorce there were some characteristics about him that I would not want to repeat but right. other things I never even thought about that I was uninterested in. And so that really helped me without having to contact them verbally or see anybody. It helped me kind of just ask the questions of myself. What do I like about this? What do I want? What not regardless of him, what do I want? What do I like? Mm-hmm. What I don't like? Do I like mm-hmm. smokers? Do I like non-smokers? Do I like all of those things that I never even thought about before? So I used it for that and then ended up marrying somebody in the industry. But but it was helpful it was helpful yeah if you find an evolved man that you know is secure and yeah that's the that's it right there that's it right there man you got to tell me what does evolved man mean to you like a man who cares about his own integrity right he Mm. cares about he, he loves himself a lot of you know, okay, we about to start a whole new podcast. Look. <laughs> Just, you know, I love to see when when men love themselves, especially black men. When when a black man loves himself, it, you can see it all over. They're they're usually married. Mm-hmm. Um and, and as well they should be, you know, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's that's the when he can self-correct, when he can apologize, when he has vision, that's a big mm-hmm. one for me too, vision. Um, because I, I, I'm a visionary, so I'm always looking, you know, five years ahead and 10 steps ahead. So if you Mm -hmm. can't do that, we're not compatible. So, um, yeah, I, I think that evolved meaning he's worked on himself. He's done the work. He's recognized whatever, because I've done that. Yeah. And all of this, I've used it as opportunities to be like, you know what, Kendra, you shouldn't have did that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. probably wasn't the smartest idea. Or, mm-hmm. you know, next time I'm going to. And I, I would love to find somebody who has also done that work. I think that's super important. It's emotional intelligence um, yes. and confidence. I found that, that that confident man, not cocky, but confidence. You know, who's yes. he, you know who's he is and who he is. 
And um, he moves in his own space. With with us being super busy and got a lot going on, we cannot have the man who is on our shoulder all the time. He's got to have his own life and his own plan and his own ideas and and chasing those things like as we chase ours and then be able to support us in our thing as we support them in theirs. Like that is just, that's the key for me. That confidence and loving the self, like you said, is, yeah. is you, moving in the spaces that you move. You got to have it. There's no way for you to have anything else. I would love to be an asset to, you know, my partner. I would love to, to help with, you know, your vision, your company, whatever, but, you know, by the same token, when it's time for me to do my work, you know, I need you to support me also. I need you, you know, working in entertainment and, and in this event life, you know, there's a lot of celebrities, there's a lot of parties. And sometimes, you know, I'm here, there and everywhere. And I need you to be secure and confident enough knowing that whatever I'm doing, wherever I am, like, we're still good. I'm still, yeah. you know, um, yeah, so. So you do deal a lot with insecure men? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not on purpose, right? You don't find out until it's too late. Yeah, just they, put like, on the, they put on the good game until you like, yeah. like, yep, this is the kind of money I make, or this is where I'm going, or I'm hanging out with more chestnut, or I'm doing, yeah. and then you deflate them for whatever reason, because they didn't yeah. have it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's the craziest thing, because as you know, all of these events and all these celebrities, it's just so temporary. Everything is is temporary. And if you have a partner at home that's supposed to be your, you know, your landing, like, why are you worried if I spent, you know, 20 minutes talking to D-Nice? Like, who cares? <laughs> I came home. Like, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's that, that's that insecurity. That's that lack yeah. of confidence. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, um, um, one, one last question, and then we're going to move into a uh, promo. So do you take on mentors, I mean, mentees, and or can people schedule consulting time with you? Can they get in your DMs and ask you a couple questions? Like, where can they connect with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like I said, I that's what I do here. I have my mentoring program here. So um, I, I totally believe in that. I answer questions in my DM all, DMs all the time. Um, okay. So, like, Just DM me. Um, you want to share your uh, social media where people can find you? Sure. <laughs> On Instagram, I am a Motown Girl KP. Uh, that's really probably the best place. That's where okay. I am the most. Um, my Facebook is private. I try to keep that like just friends that I know faces to. So, um, cause I've been saying crazy stuff. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that is another way to protect, but I, I know whatever I do, do and say on IG is for the world. Whatever I do and say on Facebook is for my crew. So, That's what's up. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but um, yeah, absolutely. I'm open. So it's Motown Girl KP. Correct. Yes. Motown Girl KP on Instagram. Make sure that you follow Miss Kendra Parker and her journey of now that she's in Ghana. I know I am watching everything that she's doing because. I'm going, and she's got a room um, for me, so me. I'm going to visit in Ghana. <laughs> and we're going to do a whole trip together and yes. uh, see all the things. Way, I mean, the things that are happening in Africa now are just, um, you know, progressive and innovative. Amazing. And so yeah. tell a little bit about that, and then we'll um, move on. What's happening in um, Ghana? 
Yeah. Oh, gosh, so much. You know, I'll, I'll start with the most recent thing. So yesterday, last night, I actually emceed um, the very first So Far Sounds Accra in Ghana. So the very first So Far Sounds in Ghana. When So Far Sounds hired me back in 2021, um, I was already going back and forth to Ghana. So I was saying like, I'd love to see this in Ghana, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh yeah, whatever, okay. And I just kept bringing it up. I kept like Ghana, Ghana, Ghana. And they were like, focus on Detroit, Kendra. Like, I was like, okay, but. So um, there was a local artist here that ended up, we kind of tag teamed and he did a living room, So Far Sounds living room show from Ghana. And I said, you got to get a chapter there. And he ended up, you know, letting them start a chapter Work there. Out, so, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I kind of, you know, just helped it what I could. And last night was the first one. And he asked me to emcee it. So that was really Oh, exciting. nice. And where could yeah. they find that if they went to check out So Far Sounds? SoFarSounds.com. And um, there's 430 chapters. So any city you're in, you can find whatever. But um, if you're ever in Ghana, look up Accra. <laughs> um, uh, there's also a lot of, there's a really cool collaboration that um, a few friends of mine, we just put together an entity called uh, One Africa. And it's kind of just a group of diasporans. It's about eight of us um, from the UK, the US, and we're just dedicated. We all have nonprofits. So we're really dedicated to bridging the gap between the diaspora um, from everywhere, the U.S., the U.K., Caribbean, you know, South America, Europe, uh, back to, to Africa, uh, specifically Ghana. Yeah, right now, but we're eventually going to branch out. And we, we do events. We're doing some panel discussions and talks, and we'll be doing some, like, you know, online things. But um, it's really cool, and it's really cool to be able to work with friends and, and do something like that. That's so, a whole nother thing that we didn't even talk about. She's just going to throw that in there at the end of our oh, interview. That she's got right. this other entity that she's involved in. <laughs> I told you there was more stuff. I told you Kendra was involved in all kinds of things. But I, I, I would have put money on it. And, and if we talk more, there are going to be more things. But thank you so much, Kendra. We got to close. But thank you for being My here. Pleasure. And sharing with the people, dropping some nuggets and gems and telling your story. Um, follow Kendra again on Motown KP, Motown Girl KP, right? Motown yes. Girl KP Motown on Girl Instagram. Um, and she's involved in surfrysounds.com. You can find Surfry Sounds in Ghana now. Yes, yes. Beca because of her, because she's doing all the things behind the scenes. Um, and thank you again. And join us again back here for all things behind the scenes. I'm your host, Nina Payne. Peace out. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of All Things Behind the Scenes podcast, where we discuss all things events and entrepreneurship. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and hit the notification bell to be notified of each new episode. You can also follow us on All Things BTS podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We welcome all comments and suggestions. So let us know what you think. We love hearing from you. So until next time, remember that the only thing that you can guarantee about an event and life is that it will change. Be blessed. <laughs>